Every story needs a hero, and every story needs a villain. Does every story need a villain, Drew? Does it really? <laughs> Does it now? Yes, every story needs a villain. Otherwise, what would the hero be doing? Just running around saving kittens out of the trees. Welcome to episode number 13. I am Drew. I am your audio villain voice. We are rolling right along through subject matter. And with all things that you do, you have to switch things up and you have to get creative and you have to kind of take things to a new level. And I've been toying around with the idea for a while of bringing in another voice. Not a co-host, but guests, I thought would be a great idea for certain subjects because quite honestly, I have a lot of mileage on my tires. I've been through a lot, but I haven't been through everything. And when dealing with shadow work, dealing with duality, dealing with the dark side of human nature, there's a variety of subjects that you can get into. And one of which is since we've talked about relationships and sex and all that stuff. Can't really touch on marriage because I have yet to be married. I don't know if I'll ever get married because of today's subject, divorce. I am a child of divorce. I have never experienced divorce from the partner, husband, wife side of things. And... Because I'm a child of divorce, my whole concept of marriage is a little bit, shall we say, just not really there in a traditional sense. Uh, Two divorces that I have experienced uh, in my family, one when I was very young, around the age of two, and the other one around the age of 15. When I was two, I was just too young to really understand anything from it. By the time you blink, you're three, and then you blink, and you're five, and then you blink, and you're eight, and things just pass so quickly. But things affect you, and you're just not aware that they affect you. When I was 15, that one definitely affected me a lot more on a lot of different levels. But still, I wasn't aware of how until way later on. With the second one, because of the father that I had, the dysfunctional, narcissistic, womanizing father, I had to end up living with him when my mother left. So that kind of created some relationship and commitment views that I had about abandonment issues and whatnot that I had to kind of deal with later on gave me a sense of, like I said, marriage and commitment being false, not real, being a sham. And I'm not the only one because divorce happens in America a lot. On average, the average marriage in America lasts between about eight to 12 years. That's factoring in the ones where the baby boomers have been together for 45 comforting, but yet not extremely happy years because a lot of the older generation doesn't believe in a divorce. And then it gets balanced out with their 45 year marriages with the marriages that end in like six months or a year or two years. So eight to 12 years is the average marriage in America. And then it ends in divorce. Now, children of divorce 
shadow children, as I have called them before, they're too young to understand what separation and divorce really is. They might nod their head and go, okay. And they might say that they get it, but they don't. They don't. Remember, children take on the identity of their parents because they don't understand what it is they're going through or they don't have names or definitions for those sorts of things. I've always said this and agreed. It's in the same way that there's no such thing as religious children. There's just children of religious parents. So when it comes to divorce, the children can't really make sense of why mom would leave or dad would leave. And when it happens, they're just kind of like, uh, all right, like, do I still have parents? And they're reassured. Yes, you do for most cases, but then the parents aren't there. So the kids end up kind of going through a big cornucopia of emotions that they can't quite process And there's 12 different kinds of effect that this can have on the children of divorce. Anxiety being one, the atmosphere at home ends up making them uncomfortable and tends to grow into the mind of the kids and becomes hard to fight it when they're a a young child. Of course, a child can start to lose interest in a lot of things because of that anxiety. Stress, obviously, one of the most common psychological effects of divorce on children that comes up. Mood swings because stress and anxiety eventually lead to moody behavior, clearly. Moody kids often then can take out their anger on others or things, whether it be other children or their siblings. They can become irritable. They can develop trust issues because of the fact where they see their parents' marriage doesn't last. They start to believe that that's how a relationship works. I will completely attest to that. That mindset can be very difficult for a young child to get rid of and work past until they're older. And then when you're older, you have to go through a lot to work past and through that and deal with it. Depression, obviously, uh, the parents, a lot of times when a marriage is about to end, there's a lot of tension in the household, a lot of sadness. Um, the children can definitely take on that identity. Continual stress, tension, anger uh, leads to depression at some point. Their school performance can definitely suffer. They can become socially inactive um, as far as how they relate to other kids because of attachment issues, seeing that relationships don't last. They might have problems hanging on to friends because of this. They become over-emotional and over-sensitive. They can become aggressive. Uh, Aggressive nature is a result of a lot of the emotions that I listed earlier, social inactivity or having uh, social anxiety or having social disconnection with other kids can make them feel bored or stagnant and make the tempers rise. Like I said earlier, the loss of faith in family or marriage is one that I've had to deal with. You see the idea of marriage and if it doesn't work out over and over again, you kind of grow up thinking, what's the point? And of course, uh, trying to deal with the adjustments of all this with the parents splitting up, uh, can be very traumatic for children. And again, it's just one of those things that kids that are young will not understand what the, what it all means till way later. 
when you get to be an adult and you do a lot of crazy things, why do I do these things? It can stem from those divorces, those separations that you deal with when you're a youngin. So I can speak on the children's side of things, but this is where we bring our guest in because I have not been married. I have not gone through a divorce. I can't speak to that, but I know someone that can. Let's bring in our guest, shall we? Let's. Our first guest ever. You're the first guest ever on the podcast. No pressure. So much pressure. (laughs) Okay. So we have Jessica Dubiel here who runs a blog, the divorce blogger, correct? Yes, that's correct. That's the title of it. So how, how long after you had got your divorce, did you decide that you wanted to start a blog documenting uh, your experiences with the divorce? It was about a year after it was actually when COVID happened. Mm. So yeah, it was kind of time to start branching out and start telling my story and not only telling my story, but it was cathartic for me because that was partly therapy for me to get it all out to, you know, revisit how I was feeling and to process through it all. So yeah, it was about a year and a half after divorce. And did you, were you inspired by uh, other podcasters or were there uh, friends of yours or women that you knew that kind of it clicked where you're like, you know, like my, I feel like my story would be able to be something others could relate to or. Right. Well, I have a really awesome girlfriend who she is, she was a women's coach. Um, She's been a really good friend of mine for years. She was actually the one that called me out of my shit. So, um, she was like, I think it's time. I think you're ready. She's like, you should really just start writing. You have all these feelings and these thoughts and emotions. And she was like, you can help so many people own their story. And I was like, all right, it's time. So I didn't realize I enjoyed writing so much. I was journaling a lot, but you know, this was just a visible journal. And, you know, if I could help people, if I could help one person get through what they were dealing with, I was happy. So. Awesome. Awesome. And I've checked, I've checked out your Instagram and you definitely have, uh, you're, you're good about like every day kind of putting something up there to put out like a, like a positive message, not necessarily even like related towards divorce necessarily, just kind of self self help. Um, and is, do you find that this is by doing the blog, it's almost like a part of your therapy, part of your, uh, you know, coming out of the ashes of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it wasn't for all that, all the positive content you find online now through reading books or through Pinterest or other inspirational people, I mean, that was really what drove me to really dive into myself because, you know, we're told it's really selfish to, you know, want to know yourself. So take the time to do so. Yeah. Now, now for folks that are listening, um, Jessica and I are in the same, uh, same boat. We're both in the journey, uh, life coaching program. Uh, so we, we both have kind of our own niche, uh, with me, with the hero, the villain working on the duality, her with uh, the divorce blogger. But one thing that we have kind of chatted a little bit about is shadow work. And yes. I w- that definitely some of the questions I wanted to ask today was how shadow work relates to. Uh, your separation, your divorce. And one of the questions I threw at you uh, in the marriage now looking back uh, because I'm I'm not sure how much you were aware of like shadow work 
when you were in your marriage, but when it was heading towards either separation or the divorce, looking back, can you see how your shadows were both becoming a parent during the separation or the divorce? Absolutely. Um, I was not aware of a whole lot of work in general um, in my marriage. Um, I think where I really started seeing is after I had kids, I was checking all the boxes. I was doing everything I was told to do. Um, I was a good girl. You know, I had the great career. I had a husband, I had kids, I had a job, I had, um, a house, you know, it was like, check, check, check. But after I had kids, I really found myself pushing back because everybody was telling me, how to raise my kids. It was like, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. And it's like, but why is this not right? Because how I was raised didn't suit me. So all that started coming up for me. I was like, I'm tired of being the good girl. I'm tired of checking the boxes. I'm tired of fitting into what society or religion tells me I need to be. So, you know, like, what do I desire? What do I want? Who am I really? So all that started coming up after having kids. So when the divorce was about to, uh, about to happen and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, or I, I'd say when you realized that things were going to separate uh, w- with you and your ex, did you, did you kind of notice mm-hmm. those, those, uh, those, those parts kind of really emerging? Like it was, was that kind of like the, like the, I would say the downfall of the marriage necessarily, but the, without getting personal on the details, the inner workings of ourselves, as far as shadow work goes, it's those parts that we kind of ignore and those parts that we kind of either suppress or repress. Um, when things were over, did you, uh, approach counseling or, or therapy to kind of deal with all that? And were those parts kind of exposed through therapy a little bit like, Oh, these were things that maybe I was doing or they were doing that. I wasn't even aware of that were causing static within the marriage. Yeah, we, um, you know, we did try therapy together, um, couples therapy. Um, yeah, but I don't think I really saw it as being the shadow part until I was through divorce, past the divorce. And I really got to settle into finding out who I was and finding out what I was suppressing. I mean, from childhood, what I was taught. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very interesting to dig that piece up, but yeah, it happened through therapy for me. So yeah. Is that still stuff that you're working on to this day? As far as like the shadow work can, can the shadow work's concerned or just the, the work itself. Obviously I know that you're constantly always mm-hmm. working on yourself, uh, uh, cause where we both kind of come from. Um, but are those layers are still things that you get to kind of peel back new layers from time to time and go, Oh, this was something I wasn't aware of that went on during it or now finding new parts and integrating them. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, and I know since we've been following each other online, like I, I post things about shadow work and, um, I notice that when I'm avoiding something that's coming up, part of my shadow, I will reach out for something else to busy myself with instead of allowing that to peel itself back, to expose what else I'm feeling, why I'm feeling this way. So it's, it's a constant work for me. Um, not everything has come up for me and I don't 
I don't actually relate some things sometimes to my shadow until I have that aha moment where I'm like, oh, this was part of what I was repressing, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, and I'm going to probably get a little too personal here, but growing up Catholic, my sexual desire was, you know, repressed. It really was. It was like, you're not supposed to enjoy it. You're not, you know, it's supposed to be for, um, you know, having kids, you're supposed to have kids and that's it. And so that was a huge piece that came up for me. I was like, Oh, I can actually enjoy this. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) So anyway, that's yeah, probably a little personal, but that was part of it. You, you've heard, <laughs> you've heard episode 10 that we did, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, we're here with uh, Jessica Dubiel. Uh, I said that correctly. It'll take me a few times to yes, say that. Yes. Nope. You got it. Uh, she's the divorce blogger. You can find her on Instagram. I am Jessica.Lynn. Um, now being that I have not gone through a divorce on the marriage side of things, but I'm a child of divorce. I can speak con- yeah. kind of from where children come from, uh, when parents separate and how to deal with that your children, of course, impacted by this. How have you worked with them to allow them to identify and express their emotions during all this? Because I know that uh, some of the females out there that are single mothers have gone through that and definitely would be able to relate to your story on how you've worked with your children to make sure that they're good with their emotions and processing everything. Yeah. um, So the biggest key for me, because I understood how therapy made me feel when I first started going, I, as soon as the divorce was over, I went ahead and took my kids to a couple therapy sessions just to, you know, let things out. Cause I'm a big proponent of, Hey, you, you have feelings too. I, I am not always the one you want to talk to. So they did therapy a couple sessions and, you know, they both told me that they were okay with everything, but, um, what I found is that the biggest help is for them is I've allowed a safe space. And we've talked about the safe space here. Um, so the safe space is I'm like, I tell them come as you are. I don't care if you curse. I don't care if you, how you present your issue to me. I was like, I just want you to feel comfortable enough to come to me with whatever it is. I don't care how you have to say it how it comes out. If you're crying, if you're angry, whatever, bring it. It was like, you always, it's unconditional here. So you always have a space to be messy, to be imperfect. So that was huge for me. And every time they come home to me, I'm like, Hey, we do a check-in. We're like, Hey, how are you doing? Is there anything you want to talk about? So that's kind of how I keep it open for them. Which is, which is good. Um, cause a lot of children and I can speak from the child side of things, you know, young children don't really know how to process emotions early on in their life. They're still identifying not only who they are, but what they feel. And it's really right. easy to kind of take on the I- emotional identity of the parents when those are kind of like their main influence. So giving them that, that space, that safe space to be able to feel whatever they're feeling, you know, I've said it a million times, feel your fucking feelings, Um, whether whether you're a child or an adult, that's important to do that. Uh, So, so what kind of advice would you give uh, somebody that's maybe newly separated or divorced on finding the path to do the work on themselves to, I wouldn't say recover quickly because it's just, it's a Mm -hmm. process for everybody differently uh, on a different timeline, but the importance of doing 
the work, uh, not just going, well, it's just done. I'm just going to just, kind of just <laughs> flip, go, go through this and not do the work. Like right. why is doing the work <clears throat> post separation and post divorce so important? Well, the main thing I have found is if you don't take the time to do the work, you're going to repeat the same cycle. You're going to repeat the same pattern. So if that's not something that you want to go through again, then you're going to sit with it. You're going to sit with yourself. And, you know, a lot of us want to um, run back out and start dating again because we want to avoid the feelings. We want to um, distract, to numb, to do something that doesn't allow us to sit with that. And it is uncomfortable as fuck. I will tell you that. But, um, you know, just really allowing yourself to be still and silent enough to let stuff come up. Nobody, there's very few people that can actually sit with themselves long enough to let their mind bring up what it needs to bring up. So yeah, I would say the biggest thing is, is if you don't want to repeat patterns, then you're going to sit and do the work. Right. Right. Totally. And that's, um, we've, we've talked about that. You and I back and forth, me and the podcast about that. Any, any time that you're avoiding, avoiding anything, you're, you're, you're playing into fear. You know, you're playing into Absolutely. the fear of, of not only uncovering truths about yourself, uh, uncovering mm-hmm. truths about things that you might maybe blame somebody else for that you were actually at fault <laughs> for, uh, yep. yeah. Uh, avoiding any of that is just going to lead you down a bad road. That is it. Uh, I am Jessica Dotlin on Instagram, the divorce blogger. Thank you for hanging out with me and giving me a little uh, of your background. Thank you for being brave enough to tell some of your story. I do, <laughs> I do appreciate that. Uh, and, and thanks for being a guest, our first guest on the show. Well, I was super honored. Thank you very much for asking me, Drew. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear the episode. Well, Jessica, you get to hear this now. <laughs> Uh, I want to thank Jessica uh, Dubiel for being our first official guest. Once again, once again, you can find her on Instagram at I am Jessica dot Lynn, uh, where it will have her blog address, which I believe she goes to medium.com for the divorce blocker. Very, very cool page. Uh, definitely a very, definitely a great perspective on marriage and divorce and someone who's been through it. So if you're looking to relate to somebody, go add her, go follow her. We will have more guests in the future, definitely, because the next subject that I'm going to be doing an episode on will be one that's very near and dear to me. And I'm going to have to bring in some heavy guns for that one. We'll have yet another guest. This is going to be a regular thing. Can't do it all by myself. I need a little help from my friends. And I got some cool friends and I can't wait to hear their views on things down the road. But for now, thanks for tuning in. Episode 13 is a lock. I am Drew. This is Hero and the Villain. 